Welcome to the All I'm Saying Podcast Episode 1. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening to this. I am your host, Jacob Aromi. Thank you for listening to the very first uh, podcast episode that I'm doing. It really, uh, I really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, then uh, make sure to give me a follow on Instagram, on Twitter. Make sure to follow whatever you're listening on. I would truly appreciate the support. Uh, so yes, every single weekend week, I'm going to be doing one of these. I'll be going over anything Texas State related, anything Bobcat related, and I will be also going over national sports stuff. Uh, so national football starts tomorrow. Tomorrow night, the Cowboys will be marching into Tampa Bay to take on the reigning champions, uh, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady led. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, this past weekend was the first weekend of college football. Boy, that was exciting. It was good to be in uh, Bobcat Stadium this weekend and watching uh, the Bobcats take on the Baylor Bears. It didn't end like we all wanted it to, but uh, it was certainly a good environment to be in. The stadium was about 27,000 people full. Not quite, but very, very close. I want to say it was the sixth most populated uh, game at Bobcat Stadium ever. So it was a very good atmosphere to be there, and uh, they got uh, FIU against uh, FIU in Miami coming up this weekend, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I actually want to start off today with uh, an NFL playoff picture, just my predictions on what I think the playoffs are going to look like in a couple of months. Uh, now, as we all know, it's now 14 teams, seven teams from the NFC and seven teams from the AFC, not like it was... Uh, couple years ago when it was six teams from each 12 teams total so we are now in 17 game season 14 team playoff mode for the NFL for the foreseeable future so we're going to hop right into this and we're going to hop right into the AFC I'm going to go straight from the first seed down to the seventh seed and I'll give you a couple teams that I think are just going to miss the cut keep in mind these are just my opinions I am no expert I'm not claiming I'm an expert in any of this I just like talking sports so coming up, we got uh, AFC. First seed, I think, is going to go uh, to the Buffalo Bills. I think that they have a tremendous offense. I think that their defense, uh, it isn't the strongest, but um, I think it can get the job done, especially with how explosive their offense is. I think Zach Moss is going to have a huge year out of the backfield. I think he's going to take over that starting spot from Devin Singletary, who just hasn't. He hasn't really blossomed like I think most of Bill's Mafia has wanted, but I think Josh Allen's going to have a great year. I'm sure he'll get some MVP votes if he doesn't actually win it, and I think that defense is going to hold up, and I think think they should get five games, if not six games, all wins uh, in their division. You know, Miami might take one game from them, but I think that they can sweep the Jets and the Patriots with ease, so I got them getting that first seed. Now, keep in mind, the first seed is huge now with there being seven teams. Only the first seed in each conference gets the bye. Therefore, the second team, second seed, will have to play in a wild card game, which uh, hasn't been the case really ever. Now, moving on to the second seed, I see uh, the Kansas City Chiefs getting this one. I mean, there isn't much else to say about the Kansas City Chiefs. They have an explosive offense. Their defensive line gets the job done. They're coming off a Super Bowl loss, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, lifting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. I mean, they're just a talented, talented team, and they pretty much brought everyone back. 
They made some moves on the offensive line, but I actually think those moves were for the better because that offensive line looked atrocious in the Super Bowl last year. I'm not sure if that's because of an actual bad offensive line or just because the Buccaneers were just rolling uh, at the beginning of 2021. So yeah, I got the Chiefs getting number two right behind the Buffalo Bills. Coming in at the number three seed, I have the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland showed up towards the end of last season. They almost almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and they almost made it to the AFC Championship, which I don't think anyone really saw coming ever. And so, and I'm happy. I'm happy for the Cleveland Browns, and I think most people are, unless you know you're from I don't know Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, or Baltimore. I think you are kind of rooting for the Cleveland Browns on some level because of how much they've been through the past twenty some years. Uh, I like Baker Mayfield. I did not like him coming out of OU. I thought he was cocky, but I, I, I think he's kind of settled down, and I, I like to watch him, and I like to watch the Cleveland Browns win. Uh, this team is very fun to watch. I love Denzel Ward on defense. Uh, I love Nick Chubb. Uh, it's, it's all around a great team, and they're fun to watch, and they're explosive, and I think that they're going to get the three seed in a very, very tough division. Moving on, I think the fourth seed is going to go to the Tennessee Titans. I think some of the wildcard teams are actually better than the Titans, but being, in in my opinion, probably the worst division in football, Tennessee should be able to take their division pretty easily. I mean, Texans are just a train wreck. Uh, right now, Tyrod Taylor is supposed to be starting for them this weekend. I don't know how long he's actually going to be starting for him. I'm not sure if Deshaun Watson's going to come in or if he's going to Miami or if he will ever really play an NFL game again. So Texans are a mess. Uh, Colts are going to be decent with Carson Wentz, but I don't think they're going to be uh, anything against the Titans. And Jaguars are going to have a better season with uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think he's going to turn them into something special right away. Moving on to the wild card teams in the AFC uh, up first, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're, they're a very strong team. Lamar Jackson is a very explosive, very fun quarterback. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say. They're running back situation. They just signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad after uh, J.K. Dobbins went down with an injury. So I think they're going to have to figure that out. I've heard some rumors about uh, Latavius Murray maybe going there after getting cut by the New Orleans Saints, so I think they're going to figure that out, and even if they don't, Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, they're all, they're all going to be able to uh, lead that team to success, but I think they're probably going to be two games behind the Cleveland Browns, and they will take the first wild card spot, and that'll be an exciting wild card game if it does end up happening between the Ravens and the Titans they have had a lot of history the past two years and uh, that would be an exciting wild card game to watch so I'm hoping that actually ends up being being true coming in at six I have the Los Angeles Chargers I think they're in a very tough division but I also think that they are a very tough team I love Justin Herbert he's my fantasy quarterback this year so I'm hoping for a big year from him I love him I love Austin Eckler I love Keenan Allen this is a team that I think can really surprise some people this year. The defense is young, but I think that they can uh, build all together. And 
come out. They got two really, really good cornerbacks, uh, and I think that between those two, Casey Hayward and um, well, Derwin James is also coming back, so they're going to have a really good secondary, and they have a really good offense, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year, and I'm excited to see uh, the Chargers in the playoffs. Coming in at number seven, the final seed in the AFC is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think this defense is incredible. I think this is a top five defense in the league. I think the offense, again, it's not, I don't think Tua is going to be anything special. I don't think he's going to be the whole, uh, like, best, I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback out of Alabama this season. I think Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts are both going to be have better seasons than him. But at the same time, the Dolphins have such talent on their roster. I think Devontae Parker's going to have a big year. I think the whole defense is incredible. It's such a well-coached team that I think that they're going to grab uh, that final wild card spot and uh, you know soon get blown up by the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. But they're getting in the playoffs nonetheless, in my opinion. Two teams that are just missing the AFC... Uh, the AFC playoffs this year are the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said, the Colts, they're going to be pretty good. Carson Wentz uh, should be playing week one after uh, a scary injury, but uh, he should be good to go week one. And I think that they're going to have a pretty a pretty well-ran team, but I, just, I, I don't see Carson Wentz after s- such a bad season last season in Philadelphia. I don't see him leading this team uh, to the playoffs. I think that they're going to fall right outside of it. As well as the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, the worst 11-0. They went 11-0 last season. They were the worst 11-0 team uh, I think anyone's ever seen. I want to say they went 11-0 and finished 11-5, which I don't think anyone has ever seen. Um, I just don't think Big Ben has it in them anymore. Uh, I think they're going to get wins because of their talented defense and their, uh, you know, Chase Claypool and Juju Smith. I mean, Najee Harris, I think, is going to have a really good rookie season, but I just don't see. I think the the thing that's keeping both of these teams out of the playoffs is their quarterback. I just don't see Carson Wentz and I don't see Big Ben in the playoffs. Maybe if it was three years ago, I think that they'd be the best, you know, quarterbacks in the AFC if they were on these teams, but. No, not in 2021. I just think that these two guys are, the rosters aren't ready to make the playoffs. And moving on to the NFC playoff picture. Now, this was very hard. Uh, The two teams that I have just missing the playoffs are are pretty good. Both of them made the playoffs last year. And there's even a team not on this list out of the whole... Teams even with the honorable mentions that I think could even make the playoffs. NFC has a lot of a lot of talent this year, but coming in at number one is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they just they're so talented, and with it Rodgers and Devontae Adams back for what seems to be their last year in Green Bay, uh, I think that they are. I think that they're going to grab that one seed. I don't know if they're going to make the Super Bowl. I this, the Packers always seem to choke in the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know if they're Super Bowl bound, but I definitely think that they are the best team in the regular season in uh, the NFC. And coming in at number two is uh, the Los Angeles Rams. I think that this team is uh, is really, really good. They made it to the Super Bowl 
like two years ago with Jared Goff as her quarterback. And now they have Matthew Stafford, who if you look back on the last 10 years of his career, the guy can throw. He was just stuck in Detroit. He can lead a team, and he can win games. And I think that this is going to be Matthew Stafford's best year, maybe not statistical-wise, because, I mean, he's still... He still got ridiculous, insane stats over there in Detroit, but he didn't get wins. So I think this year is going to be his best year in his career, wins rise, leading-wise. He's got a great defense, probably top three defense in the league uh, on the other side of the ball. He's got Robert Woods. He's got Cooper Cup. He's got he's got all these guys. I don't know really what they're going to do with the running back situation right now. It seems like the weakest part of their team. Daryl Henderson, uh, I mean, he's... He's all right, but I think that they're going to, if he's not going to step up, then they're going to need to find somebody who can. Again, like I said, with Latavius Murray leaving uh, New Orleans, maybe he goes to L.A. Rams need a running back, uh, and I think even if they do have Daryl Henderson for the entire year, I still think that this is a number two team in the NFC. Moving on to number three in the NFC is the reigning champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think they're going to be the best team in the regular season. Uh, they weren't last year either. I think they were the fifth seed. I think they were the first wild card seed last year, and they ended up winning it all. And so I don't think, you know, Tom Brady being 40-whatever years old, he's not going to be playing his heart out in week six, week seven of the regular season. So you might get some L's. You know, might get some losses there. That drops you down. But we all know that when playoffs come around he's going to turn it on and probably make the Super Bowl again this year but uh for the play for regular season I have him getting the third seed and for the fourth seed I have Washington football team I think that uh this this team is really special they have a great defense uh I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a quarterback that can you know win the division it's not a very hard division Besides, uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be good this year. It's not a very hard division. They have a great uh, defense. They have a really good running back in Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin is incredible uh, as a wide receiver. And, I mean, they almost beat the reigning champions in the playoffs last year with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. This team can win games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they will, and they will get the fourth seed in the NFC. Coming in at the fifth seed is uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I think this team, they're all healthy again. I think people are forgetting that two years ago they were in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, they basically have the same exact team. Not a lot of pieces have left. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is probably one of the biggest, but I mean everyone is healthy again, and I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo behind center. Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback in the Super Bowl. People are saying that he may not be as good as Trey Lance. This team is good enough with Jimmy Garoppolo behind center. I mean, they made the Super Bowl with him, and I think that they're going to make the playoffs again no matter what quarterback is back there, and I have him at the fifth seed. At the sixth seed, I have the Dallas Cowboys. As long as Dak Prescott stays healthy, as long as Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb stay healthy, Zeke, as long as he stays healthy, this team can make the playoffs. Uh, I know it's fun to clown on the Cowboys. I love doing it, but they really have some talent on this roster, and I think they would have been a top three seed last year if Dak never went down with an injury. And as long as Dak bounces back and has a big year, uh, 
I have them getting the sixth seed. And closing out the NFC playoff spot in the seventh seed, I have the New Orleans Saints. I think Jameis Winston uh, is gonna is gonna be pretty good for this team. It's it's hard to look at this team and not say that they're a playoff team. I mean, they have so much talent other than quarterback. I mean, they have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, the defense, Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan. There's everyone on this team, and uh, I think that they're gonna make the playoffs. I think that. Jameis Winston is uh, is going to carry Drew Brees' torch and bring New Orleans uh, to the seventh seed of these playoffs, and uh, that'll be exciting to see if they do make it and get a nice playoff rematch against the Rams since the last time they saw him was a 2018 NFC Championship with that no call. So that would be an exciting game to watch. Just uh, let's hope they get to the playoffs for that to happen. And the two teams that I have missing sitting right outside the playoffs in the NFC are the Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears. Uh, Seattle, I towards the end of last season, they just did not look good, especially in that playoff game against Green Bay. Russell Wilson did not look like himself. That defense looked horrible. It did not look like a playoff defense. It didn't look like a defense where they just spent like the most money on a safety in NFL history. Jamal Adams, it didn't. he didn't play like he deserved that money. And that defense was atrocious, and the offense couldn't uh, keep up with Green Bay's offense. And I I think the Seahawks are just going to decline this year. I don't see them making the playoffs uh, because the NFC is just very, very strong this year. As well as the Bears, yes, they made the playoffs. And yes, I think they actually are getting better if Justin Fields starts the majority of the season, which I believe he will. If I'm the Bears, I mean... I made it to the playoffs last year with Mitchell Trubisky. I have a talented roster. I'm not going to waste this talented roster on having Andy Dalton play six, seven weeks of the season. No, I think he's going to have about three weeks. They're going to find out. They're going to remember who Andy Dalton is. They're going to remember how he plays, and they're going to put in Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is going to lead him to second place in the division and just outside at the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, Seahawks and Bears and right out of the playoffs. And that is my, uh, playoff picture. Bills and Packers getting the one seeds, uh, Chiefs Rams getting the two. I think it's going to be a very, very exciting NFL season. And I am excited for it to start tomorrow night with the Cowboys and Buccaneers. Now I'm going to go into four game predictions that I actually have for this upcoming weekend. We're going to go over the three primetime games. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football, and America's Game of the Week on Fox, which is the Packers and Saints this week. And I'm actually going to base these uh, predictions off of the spreads uh, for each game this weekend instead of who's actually going to win. But, uh, so yeah, so let's start off with Thursday night football. Tomorrow night, we have the Dallas Cowboys going into Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, and uh, Bruce Arians. That'll be a fun game. I'm excited to see Dak Prescott back on the field. Um, so ESPN actually has Tampa Bay uh, winning and favored by 8.5 points. I want to say that is the biggest, the largest spread of the whole weekend. And uh, I think rightfully so. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game, but I do think that the Cowboys are actually going to cover uh, they're going to cover the spread. I don't think that it's going to be that bad of a blowout. I think Cowboys are going to keep it close, and Buccaneers are going to win uh, by maybe, I want to say probably seven points. But Cowboys will cover, 
but Buccaneers are winning. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, we have the Bears going to L.A. to play Matthew Stafford-led Rams. Very first look of Matthew Stafford in a different jersey than uh, Detroit, and I am very excited to see that. ESPN has the Rams winning and favored by 7.5 points. Uh, I do think L.A. is going to win, and I don't think that the Bears are going to cover. Andy Dalton is going to be starting, and I I think that it's going to be a little bit of a massacre. Uh, maybe a, not a massacre, but maybe a two-possession game. I think the Rams are going to win by more than uh, seven and a half, and I think they're going to win pretty convincingly, and from week one, tell the rest of the NFC, hey, look out for us, because we're going to be a top team this year, uh, even if it is just the Andy Dalton-led Bears that we beat up on. Moving on to Monday Night Football, we have the Ravens going into Las Vegas against the Raiders. It's going to be fun, the whole nightclub thing, and uh, the Death Star or whatever you call whatever's going on in Las Vegas. That's going to be uh, exciting. I'm sure everyone over there is excited for that. And Baltimore is favored on ESPN by four and a half. And uh, I think that Baltimore is going to win. And I don't think the Raiders are going to cover. I think the I think Baltimore is going to win pretty convincingly. Lamar Jackson has been hot, hot the first week of the season the past couple years. I don't think anything's going to change. Marquise Brown is going to burn whoever the Raiders have on him. The Raiders' defense just simply doesn't hold up, and I think the Ravens are going to be hungry at the beginning of the season, and uh, I think they're going to I think they're going to beat up on the Raiders week one. And finally, America's game of the week, we have the Packers against the Saints. They're actually going to be in Jacksonville. The original game was supposed to be played in the new Caesars Superdome. It's not a new Superdome, but now called Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, but because of Hurricane Ida, that has now been moved to Jacksonville. Still, I expect a lot of Saints fans to be out there. Uh, it's uh, a couple states over, and I mean, I think there's going to be more Saints fans there than Packers fans, but it'll be exciting to uh, to watch this game. I think, uh, well, Green Bay is actually favored by four points on ESPN, and I think that Green Bay is going to win, but New Orleans is going to keep it close. I I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna cover the the score. Packers maybe win by a field goal. I mean, this is a this is another close team, a close game. I think uh, I think that Jameis Winston is going to keep this game close, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think it's going to be a shootout. However, it may get up into like a thirty to thirty something. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun one in Jacksonville. And that's all for national sports uh, this week. Nothing. Too big going on other than uh, NFL. Baseball is coming. Uh, regular season's getting close. There are some uh, division races that I might go over next week. Um, and if you want me to go over anything else I didn't go over, just uh, give me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. And now moving on to some Texas State football. Texas State fell to the Baylor Bears this weekend, 29-20. to 20. Uh, Texas State... Uh, they kept it close for the majority of the game. They kept it very close. Um, they did score, however, the there's the touchdown to make it to 20 points. They scored that with about a minute left in the game, so it was already kind of over at that point. Looking at the actual Texas State team, starting off with the offense, uh, the offensive line was already kind of shorthanded to start this game off, 
And then uh, offensive lineman Dalton Cooper went down for the game and was out of the game in the first half. So that definitely also uh, hurt the offense. But looking forward, Coach Spavadol and Dalton Cooper after the game, he said uh, he's probable for this upcoming weekend. It's not as serious as they thought, but it's an ankle injury, so they got to keep it careful. Uh, But he should be able to be playing this weekend against FIU, which would definitely help the whole Texas State offense. Another player that was out for the offense was Brock Sturgis. He has had some uh, nagging injury problems all throughout uh, all throughout uh, camp, and hopefully he will be seeing the field very, very soon. I think he's going to be in this weekend. Coach Spavadol, again on the running backs, uh, said that he's going to throw all four of the running backs in play and feed the hot hand against FIU this Saturday. So between Jamo Jeter, Calvin Hill, and Caleb Twyford, Texas State was really not, not able to get anything going on uh, in the run game, all game, really. And that kind of hurt the offense as a whole. So I'm hoping once Brock Sturgis comes in, you can have those four running backs and we get some more people on the offensive line back, uh, including Dalton Cooper, who should be able to play this weekend. And I think Texas State is going to be really good once they get all of it together because uh, this past weekend... Brady McBride went uh, 156 yards. He went 20 for 40, one touchdown. He got sacked once and threw three interceptions. I I think that he looked really good for the whole first half of this game. He had a pick six. I want to say it was like his first or second passing attempt, and that was just a great play by uh, the Baylor Bears. But after that, he kind of settled in. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He felt relaxed, and it showed on the field. I think that he did really good up until the point where Texas State started getting behind and had to start playing from behind because the running game simply wasn't there, and it looked like Brady McBride was trying to be the hero. And I, I don't think any football team really uh, succeeds when a quarterback feels that they have to be the hero and they have to do it all. But it seemed that way this past weekend because there was just nothing going around on uh, in the run game. There were some key drops from ride receivers during the game that uh, cost us some first downs. I will say big shout-out to Marcel Barbie, Texas State wide receiver. That kid can play. He can really play. I think, uh, especially this past weekend, he was definitely the strongest person in that offensive, uh, on that offensive team. So I think once everything comes together, Texas State gets running backs back, Texas State gets offensive line back, Brady McBride can feel a little bit more comfortable and kind of play his game and stay in his head. And uh, I think that Texas State offense can really do some damage as well as their defense if the defensive line gets all healthy because that secondary wow they were they they were a fun team to watch led by in my opinion Zion Childress was a huge impact uh, this past weekend he forced a fumble and so it was just very exciting uh to watch football in person this weekend and i i think Texas State has a a bright season ahead of them again they play FIU this upcoming weekend in Miami that should be a very fun game and then the game after that is back to San Marcos against Incarnate Word. So let's hope Texas State Bobcats can go on the road this weekend and uh, get a good W and come home 500 to go positive. So that's about it. That's all I have to really say about the Texas State-Baylor game. 
again, I think Texas State was just under undermanned this past weekend, and I think once they get the people back, once they get everyone back, Brady McBride can settle down and win us some games. Uh, this is a very, very, very exciting Texas State Bobcat team, and I'm ready to watch them this season. Moving on to some other Texas State stuff, uh, I just wanted to say, it, it came out, I saw the pictures on my timeline, the men's basketball team from last year, they were Sunbelt uh, Conference champions, so they got their rings finally, and those rings look so clean. They look so clean. Shout out to Caleb Asbury, Mason Harrell, Isaiah Small. I'm so excited for Texas State basketball in a couple months because those guys are killers, and the rings that they got are well-deserved. They look so clean. Another thing that looks very, very clean when it comes to Texas State were Texas State's jerseys, specifically helmets this weekend. I was right at Katza Garden, which is right off the field uh, for pregame, and when I saw them running out, yes, there's fireworks going on, there's people cheering, everyone's running out, but I could only focus on the matte gold helmets. Because, wow. Like, you can go back and look at them if you're looking on, like, pictures or anything. It may not do it justice, but in person... We may have the cleanest helmets in all of college football. Moving on to some Texas State volleyball. Uh, it has not been the best start of the season, but they have also been playing their strongest opponents of all season right at the beginning. Uh, Texas State volleyball has one win and six losses right now. Uh, just last night, they lost to uh, number one ranked Texas. So uh, that's kind of hard. But they before that, they did sweep Rhode Island at the Red Raider Classic in Lubbock this past weekend. And this upcoming weekend, starting at 11 a.m. on Friday, they are here in San Marcos with the University of Alabama, the University of Miami, and Texas A&M. All those games will be here. And I'm very excited for each and every single one of them. I think this this team is a lot stronger than their record says right now. They're coming off of three straight uh, Sun Belt championships, and I think that they can go for their fourth this upcoming year. And like I said, their record isn't the best right now, but they've also started off against absolutely the hardest opponents they're going to play all year. Their very first game was against number three ranked Kentucky. Later, they played number six Ohio State, and then again, they played number one uh, University of Texas. These teams are really, really good, but I think if they have a good, uh, a good weekend this weekend, go two and one, maybe even three and zero. Oh, I think they're right back in it, um, and they have yet to play any conference play, so I'm excited for that to start, and I'm excited to see our Bobcat volleyball team uh, go for their fourth Sun Belt championship this year. And lastly, I'm going to do this every week for any Bobcat players. Uh, I'm gonna give a Bobcat uh, of the week because I'm only doing this. I'm only doing this podcast once a week. I hope you keep listening, like I said. But uh, I'm gonna point out a, spe- a specific Bobcat player who I think really showed out this week. And our Bobcat player of the week this year- week is Texas State Soccer's Beth Ag, the goalkeeper. She was named as Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Week this week, and rightfully so. She had a career-high 11 saves at Rice. She had the most saves by a Texas State goalkeeper in 14 years, tied fifth most saves in in a match in Texas State history. She made six saves at ACU in uh, their victory this past week, and she finished uh, with 17 saves, uh, 0.895 save percentage, 
and uh, a shutout and one of the shutouts and just overall she's setting records she's setting milestones and I I knew she was very 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 good a very good goalkeeper but this week she she went off so shout out to her and shout out to Texas State Bobcat soccer team in general I'm excited to see their season this season Texas State sports is alive I'm super excited, especially for this upcoming weekend with all the volleyball and San Marcos and the game over in FIU. And that is all I got to say for Texas State this week. And so that is going to wrap up this first episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed, please follow. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is all I'm saying. Sports, all lowercase and uh, no spaces. And on Twitter, you can just find me at Jacob Aromi. I would appreciate the support, and I would also appreciate feedback. This is a first episode, and so if you like my content, and but if you think that it can be better, please help me out, because I want to uh, build this for the people who I'm listening, who's listening to me, and I want to make sure that they're liking it. So again, if you like this, uh, please follow, and I will. Uh, I'll see y'all in the next one. And that is all I'm saying. <laughs>